you know, so man walks into a bar. No, no, he didn't really. <laughs> um, but yeah, so. so <laughs> what? Do you have. What? <laughs> Hello, I'm your host, Samuel Hansen, and you are listening to Combinations and Permutations, episode 36, from acnescience.com. This week, we talk about the master of us all, Euler. But before we manage to talk about any of his formulas or identities, Juan manages to conflate Gargamel and an elf. Here we go. Hello and welcome to Combinations and Permutations, mathematical podcast that comes to you, fuck it, it it just comes to you from mine and Nathan's apartment. I'm done with, with this whole secret, secret location. <laughs> I deny it. <laughs> I deny it. Why did I get so loud? <laughs> Ow! <laughs> I, I wasn't any louder than... <sighs> I, yeah, you were. You were yelling into the microphone. Anyway, I deny that. It is, it, is not a, it is not at our apartment. Yes, it is. Everyone else will agree with me here because it is at mine and Nathan's Juan's apartment. on my side. Uh, d- dude, they, don't least, bring me into this. Okay, at least let me introduce the people before you start naming names. I'm allowed naming names. You're not. Because I am the host, and you... I'm just going to kick you out and make you go to your bedroom. Stand in the corner. Like a petulant little child that you are. That's right. But then I'd have to drive um, all the way back to our apartment. <laughs> if you notice, it's apparently just that he doesn't want the podcast in the apartment. He has no problem with me being his roommate. I would figure it would be the other way around. <laughs> Um, so the voice that you were hearing, uh, denying an obvious truth would be the petulant little child himself, Mr. Nathan Rowe. And I uh, deny it. Apparently <laughs> the petulant gonna, child part. This yeah. Time. Yeah. <laughs> not, not your name. You're not going to deny your name. Well, okay. And so then, about it. so then next up the man with no superpowers still, uh, the man who, uh, I don't know. I'm uh, still working on the superpowers. Yeah, I think I'm, 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 I'm going to get, I gotta get something else. Yeah. I, it's <laughs> the man who really is not that interesting, Mr. Anthony Solari. S- oh, no. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, yeah. I wasn't going to. Yeah, that's that's right. I was trying to introduce him, and you walked over his name, so I'll say it one more time. The man who just really isn't that interesting, Mr. Anthony Solari. And then I was going, yo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> see, now if Nathan would stop talking over us, we could have get this out in one take for once. And then next up. I got I, I I'm really just got no superlatives for this man. He literally isn't worth any of them. Mr. Christopher Bates. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> it's a little hot in here. <laughs> and I think we're actually going to go on record for the quickest mute in the history of combinations of permutations. Um, and then next up, why why did you mute him already? Explain next, explain your reasoning. <laughs> next up. <laughs> The one man show himself, the one, the only, one of a kind, more things that are one where I replace it with one, Juan Mariscal. I think you could have kept that going a little bit longer. I really could You're not remember it. anymore. I'd, I, I'm really, I'm a very poor host today. The one, the only? Ah, that's one right. Nathan only. is muted. <laughs> <laughs> The yeah, the, the most. no, I said the one and only. So. The, the Juan, the only. The Juan and only. The, the Juan, Juan and only. You know, the Juan, the only. Oh, so yeah, yeah, because yeah. instead of uh, adding an extra word in there means that I can turn it into a second thing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So th- there are a lot of religions actually in the world that their entire goal is to be one with the universe. So, yeah. Oh, He's like, you go. your goal, the, man who the goal, is the goal of Juan. reality, Juan. <laughs> the man who is Juan, Juan. with the universe. Yes. <laughs> I think I would just okay. write these down okay. on a sheet of paper. It's just going to get longer. Your introduction is literally going to be the whole show by the end of this. So I what, don't mind that at all. What was it like being in the Matrix, you know? Being oh, the, 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 the Juan. The Juan. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it was great. Um, Morpheus, great guy. <laughs> Um, yeah, and that, that, that he shit, walked down uh, like this. Oh yeah, the uh, holding his arms around his back got a little annoying. 
Um, You're just jealous because oh no, just saying. Oh, lovely. And I can't whistle as well for anyone else. <laughs> I think I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but it's always good to part uh, to point out that even Juan as great as Juan himself, majestic. Yeah, majestic. Yeah, yeah even Juan as great glorified. as Juan himself uh, does still have weaknesses. Wait, why don't we have like instead of superheroes have We're not people with say super them. weaknesses? Superpowers. There's like a band of people. You know, they have a secret location. And they have <laughs> costumes and and they have super weaknesses. Like you know, my weakness is um, lollipops. You know, and so he's right in the middle of trying to save a baby from a burning building, and some guy's selling lollipops on the street. So okay, stopped. so uh, one thing about combinations of permutations is that we're a math podcast. Uh, <laughs> I think we forget this sometimes, and we try to be funny, which we're patently not. And so I guess we should probably jump off to our, our actual topic for today. As per usual, I'm the only one in the room that knows this, unless someone snuck a look at the Wikipedia article that happens to be open on my laptop right now. And if they did, they knew that we are talking about today a man that... Is it? I think it was Laplace. Yeah, Pierre Simon Laplace, once actually called the master of us all. One? No one. Not this time. Not the master of us. (laughs) Yeah, not the master. There's no one in that statement. Yeah. No one. No one knows. Come on here. Laplace was. When did Laplace live? Don't know. Well, I was asking anyone but you because you might have actually known. Is that like what's a time a time period? Laplace was, I don't know, seventeen hundreds or something. Yeah, yeah. Seventeen forty nine to eighteen twenty seven yeah. to be specific. Okay, so he, uh, there is some overlap with Gauss there. Oh, quite a bit actually. Yeah. I yeah. think so Gauss is a little bit later than that. It it could. And we be. already well, had an entire Gauss. episode on Gauss. Oh, I don't think okay. I was there for that one. No, so you I weren't. Didn't, so I yeah, didn't know. So All right. Well, Newton, uh, Newton we would have been before mix? that. Yeah. Newton. Yeah, but I'm thinking. What, we also no one. No one on thinks. Him. No one thinks who? that Newton is the master of shit, other than being an asshole. Master of well, shit. Well, yeah. <laughs> that, other than in that being case, an asshole. In that case, so I guess shit that was asshole not... is the master of shit. Shitty <laughs> 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 job. Okay. Uh, someone actually has mentioned his name at this point. And it is exactly the Juan you think it is. <laughs> now, the only reason why I would um, say that Euler was not the master of us all is because he is definitely the world's ugliest mathematician. I don't history. think so. You don't think so? No, no. I got a picture of he's, him up on my computer right now. He's, he's not that hideous. Gargamel. I mean. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah. Who was Gargamel? Who did we decide was Gargamel? No, did, we shouldn't say. Oh, oh, yeah. Crap. <laughs> that was a real person. That was a real living person. <laughs> I thought it was like a famous person or something where we could diss it. No, no, no. Never mind. Yes. <laughs> you just like referring to people as Gargamel. Only because this guy's very elf-like. I it, Gargamel wasn't an elf. Well, but elves but are he has very elf-like theories. Oh, yeah. Who am I? Th- am I thinking dwarves? Or the dwarves, dwarves are very yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and Or trolls. Trolls. trolls that's yeah. the one. Legolas. Orlando yes. Bloom was the oh, elf. Yeah. John Reese davies was the dwarf. Okay, there you go. That 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 is Euler. Um, Euler's a dwarf. Is, is he? No, is he a dwarf really as a short? <laughs> is he a dwarf? Or is he what? What dwarfish? Qual- no, did he have a really he big beard? A big no. nose, big, big chin. It's really he has a very. No, oh, actually, chin. that's a fairly attractive. No, that that is not him. He that, that is that he is paid off whoever drew that. <laughs> no, that he is has a very <laughs> weak chin. That's true. It's, I have it's no a, idea who you're talking a, about. That was a portrait. He could have paid a yeah, lot of money but, to have himself. But made. you've seen some pretty hideous people looking pretty hideous in portraits. Yeah, but that's because they probably didn't have enough money to, pay for it to look good. <laughs> have you ever seen Gauss on the uh, German Deutschmark when they existed? He looked terrible. <laughs> Okay, so welcome to Combinations of Permutations, the fashion mathematical podcast. Uh, No, no. Uh, So we're going to actually talk about Euler, uh, specifically what Laplace said. I I could not say his whole thing because kind of would have given away the the secret because it's read Euler, read Euler, he is master of us all. Oh. (laughs) So we have to actually read Euler? Well, Euler was literally one of the most prolific mathematicians of all time. There's one uh, year 
in the late 1700s, as 1770s, somewhere in there, that he literally was averaging a mathematical paper a week for mm. an entire year. But he had other people write them up for him, and he didn't have to tech things up. And that takes a <laughs> bitch of a time. And he, I mean, uh, well, there's also some other issues he was having by this period, which I will get to. But let's actually talk a little bit about what Euler has done for mathematics, which quite obviously, given what Laplace said, is a huge amount. I mean, he worked in everything from analysis to uh, inventing his own form of calculus uh, to graph theory. As a matter of fact, the first person ever to say f of x was Euler. He was the one who actually uh, invented functional notation. What? But mm. you transition to that from graph theory, so... No, I'm trying to point out how wide of a range ah, of things ah, he... Ah. He worked mm. on. So when you guys when you guys hear Euler, what do you think? I mean, I know I know exactly what blind I think. Blind man. Of. And why do you think that? Because he was blind for he continued to do awesome math while blind for yeah, like that, the last half of his life. Yeah, specifically when he was averaging a paper a week, he was blind. I didn't know he was blind. Uh, wow. Mostly blind. We'll get to that when we start talking a little bit more about the history. But yeah, he had a lot of a lot of eye issues. But mathematically, what do you think of when you hear Leonard Euler? Or he's, he's come Euler. up with several formulas, but I think there's only one, one thing you'd call Euler's equation, which I think, if you call some, he has uh, this repertoire of great things. If you call something Euler's equation, that's something definitely that's incredibly important. And what is it? That e to the pi i equal e to the pi i plus one is equal to zero. As a matter of fact, that was once voted the most beautiful formula in history. Exactly. I'm pretty sure. Um, I, I read an article where he. Um, when he proved this, he used it as a proof for the um, the existence of God, just because it was so beautiful. The, uh, you're you're that, actually conflating something else with that. that. We'll get we'll get to that okay. story a little. Yes. It was in a conversation with Diderot. It's apocryphal in all likelihood. As a matter of fact, okay. let's just talk about that right now. Uh, he was. Uh, we'll mention a little bit. He was. He's Swiss. He was born in Basel, um, and his family was actually friends with uh, Johann Bernoulli. Uh, his father was a uh, minister or preacher, I think a minister, and uh, his father wanted him to train to become a minister. But he was taking Saturday math lessons with Bernoulli. Uh, okay, <laughs> not, not, a, not, not a, a bad start. No, not a bad way to learn <laughs> mathematics. Uh, and it was uh, Johann who actually convinced his father to let him study mathematics. And so he ended up studying mathematics. And uh, he first went to go work in St. Petersburg after... One of Bernoulli's sons died, and the other son of Bernoulli, who was there, convinced the St. Petersburg Academy to take him. Um, and but while he was uh, while he was in St. Petersburg, one thing about Euler is that he was an uh, insanely religious man, like uh, it, to the point uh, as being in. Uh, it, this is something that Anthony will actually know about. Uh, believer, believer in biblical, uh, biblical inerrancy. Okay. And so, how about you explain what that idea is? Since you're a go-to uh, person for religious topics. So, biblical inerrancy basically means, uh, I guess there's various styles of it. But basically, it means the Bible is absolutely true, written by, I mean, inspired by God, I suppose, as it stands. And, of course, there's a lot of debate over like translations. Is the translation inspired by itself? You know, if so, which translations are absolutely inspired by God, and so on and so forth. But, I mean, there's also a liberal, which would have started about 1800s, a liberal viewpoint, which is a lot of where modern biblical scholarship comes from, um, early 1800s, that started to question whether or not the Bible was completely correct. Like, they would question whether historical events actually happened the way that the Bible had described or whether they hadn't. And so biblical inerrancy would, of course, affirm that it had been. Okay. Okay, well, uh, uh, Euler is well known for believing in biblical inerrancy. And uh, when one of the times he was in Russia, because he was in Russia twice, uh, after a while he left Russia and then went to Germany and then eventually came back to Russia. On the second time, he uh, uh, Denis Diderot uh, was visiting uh, Catherine, uh, Catherine the Great's uh, you know, court and everything. And uh, Catherine the Great was uh, upset that uh, Diderot's atheism could start affecting the believers in her court. So she mm -hmm. asked uh, Euler to, you know, engage in debate. 
And so the story goes um, uh, in this way. I'm going to get this from Wikipedia, of course. Diderot was, uh, Diderot was later informed that a learned mathematician had produced a proof of the existence of God. He agreed to view the proof as was presented in court. Euler appeared, advanced towards Diderot, and in a tone of perfect conviction announced, Sir, A plus B to the N over Z equals X. Hence, God exists. Reply. <laughs> Diderot, to whom says the story, all mathematics was gibberish, stood dumbstruck as pearls of laughter erupted from the court. Embarrassed, he asked to leave Russia, a request that was graciously granted by the empress. This is almost entirely likely Sounds to be apocryphal, very apocryphal because Diderot has published work in mathematics. Yeah. So he would very <laughs> unlikely to stand there dumbstruck as someone spouted gibberish at him. Mm-hmm. Sorry, A plus B to the N over Z equals X, hence God exists. That is not a statement. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm, I can't fight that. Uh, what do you say to that? What does I mean, A equal? What does B equal? equal what's in? What's Z, Z and what's X? Yeah, and I'd say what, if you don't God, know, then <laughs> clearly you are not meant to be with God. Yeah, clearly you are not a learned man, yeah. sir. Okay, so uh, Euler's formula, which is a drive from the other Euler's formula, which is what e to the i z equals, uh, or uh, e to yeah, the i theta. Uh, yeah, i theta equals. Cosine theta plus I sine theta. Yeah, that's that's right, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that is. Yes. Well, yeah. Maybe that one's typically referred to as uh, Demopoulos theorem. Uh, yeah, that well, that but one that's the Demopoulos. one to the powers. Oh, Demopoulos does have the powers. Yeah, yeah. that's the yeah. one yeah. with the power. Yeah. 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 Uh, whereas Euler had because yeah. it's the uh, e to the what i pi i plus one is a direct or uh, plus one equals zero. Yeah. Or minus one equals whichever one it is. Plus I, one. Plus one is a direct result of or the cosine sign. Yeah. What does the e mean? Okay. Well, that Good. is another <laughs> perfect one. How about you answer that yourself, you cheeky little bastard? Well, I've heard that the e stands for Euler's constant or Euler's number. Oh, but you've heard it does. You know <laughs> damn well that it does. I, I didn't. Know. I heard someone argue that it actually wasn't that, but I didn't have a chance to uh, pursue this in court. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what what is Euler's number? Uh, Euler's number is, uh, I guess, what most people know of as the the base for the natural logarithm. Uh, it's the little letter E on most scientific calculators. Uh, uh, that's that's not what I was asking. I was actually asking for the value. Oh, I have no idea. It's probably, it's the probably limit of two point seven one eight two eight one eight two eight four five nine zero four five two three five three six and and so on. It's a non-repeating uh, transcendental number. Isn't it a limit? Limit of uh, what yes. is it? one one plus. plus one over n, the quantity all, to the all n raised to the n. The limit yeah. of n goes to infinity. Yeah. Okay, and as you mentioned, the reason it's it's important and really is because of the natural log. Well, right. actually, the reason it's so important is because in calculus, when you take derivatives of yes, exponential true. equations, it's the one whose derivative is actually equal to itself. Um, that that's where they first started discovering it. Not because of that limit. They were in, well. I mean, it the, was it was Euler himself that introduced it, as well as the notation e. Right, and the way he he first introduced it was, check this out. You look at two to the x. You look at four to the x. When you take the derivative of two to the x, your slope is less than, um, you know, the derivative is less than the equation itself. When you look at four to the x, the derivative is more than the equation. Itself, you know, so somewhere in between, somewhere in there, um, there should be some value where the derivative is equal to the equation itself, and he called that the constant e. Although he probably didn't call it e. Well, <laughs> actually, no, he he introduced that notation. He specifically. He, okay. uh, well, it's <laughs> it's not like, it's not. Uh, I mean, well, no, because at that point they were already using that alphabet all over Europe. But he called it. The letter that was okay. Was, okay, that's what I was saying. Is, okay, no, no, I thought you meant he didn't use that notation. No, 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 okay. no, no, no. I'm saying that that he probably didn't denote it with a letter E because that's all you know. You have to be a prick to really name something after yourself. Um, 
Actually, yeah. I've heard, I've talked with some with some set theorists, and they say the uh, the best way to get a new thing named after yourself is when you first describe it in a paper, name it the most god awful thing you can think <laughs> of. <laughs> like make the name way too long to say, and then people just start referring <laughs> and, and to it. And also make as... sure that the letters involved cannot somehow form a cu- cool little acronym, unless that acronym is your oh, name. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Acronyms, acronyms are bad. Um, yeah. Also, yeah, unless the acronym's your name, right? <laughs> Like um, I think, I think that that's the way I'm gonna get my name on a theorem. I'm gonna name it something god awful, but I'm gonna make sure that I, you know, started out with the first word is S, the second word is A, third word is M, and have it literally spell out my name. But it's gonna be 15 words long. I think this paper worthy what we're talking about. You might be able to get a math paper out. <laughs> out of the best way of getting your yeah, name. Is how things get named after the person who came up with them. Now, I'm pretty sure that that might be a paper more in sociology or psychology. Yeah, I was about to say in so. some social science. But I might be able to get some principle named after me there. There you go. Yeah, you write the you write. I mean, it, it probably does carry over to other fields other than oh, mathematics. Yeah. Oh, it, it definitely mm. does. I, I think especially in psychology. Because they always name their things hideous things that no one else can even pronounce. Right. And so, so then, it's of always, course, you just call it yeah. uh, Young's, but, Young's property. Yeah. And you know I what? Know. I bet that they really understand it because they're psychologists. They're like, how can I get this named after me without seeming like a gigantic asshole? And then all of a sudden they realize they're psychologists and are gigantic assholes. <laughs> and so they'll just name it after themselves. Yeah. So Euler probably called it. The constant with which the derivative well, of an exponential no. function is equal well, to yeah, its but own. he introduced the notation of e for that number. Oh, oh, he did. Yes, that's what I was saying. Oh, I, I, I was saying that, it wasn't called e because he did not speak English. <laughs> no, so, but he. So he is just a big prick. Well, it's, <laughs> it could have been a coincidence. Like maybe he was using a whole bunch of variables at the time, or you know, symbols, and he's like, oh, well, this one. I'm just going to call that one yeah. E because A, B, A through yeah. D are already taken. And yeah, the F, F through and, and, and H are was, cons- it was, functions. It is, it is, let's point yeah. out, a lowercase e. Uh. Yeah, right, right. He did make it the lowercase one. Okay, so, uh, so Euler's constant and Euler's formula. And also, so that's you two. What about you, Nathan? He did some kick-ass. I already did one. No, you didn't. I did. I said blind people. Oh no, but, a math thing. <laughs> oh okay. He had some kick-ass formulas for approximating pi for the time. I mean, they they've been blown away since. But he used these arctangent things, um, and and did the arctangent of this plus the arctangent of that plus the arctangent of that, and then somehow or another he gets rid of dividing by seven because dividing by seven makes calculations a bitch. Because this is before they had calculators. But anyway, he has. He no, has some but they really did have the stepped reckoner. <laughs> oh, that's right. I am really calling it back this time. All the way to episode five. five. What? Was that five? Yeah. That was way I thought back. it was earlier than five. No, yeah. I, I'm pretty sure it's five because I just re-listened to it recently. Uh, we'd love to hear your voice. You know, I just, <laughs> I always, whenever anyone asks, like, what should I listen to? I'm like, the Calculus Cage Match, because that's like my go-to episode <laughs> of awesomeness. And that's where the Steph Reckoner was. You know, because that's a stepped reckoner. Okay, so so yeah, uh, he w- also he did not introduce the notation of pi, but he was the one of the main influences in popularizing the use of that notation. I don't I don't doubt it. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, he was he wrote so much. Okay, so now we have we have three people. What about you, Anthony? I'm thinking number theory, but I can't remember all the stuff he did in number theory. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's Euler's totient function, but I can't remember what it was. Okay, <laughs> Euler's totient function, uh, the number of positive integers less than or equal to the integer n that are co-prime to n. Oh, I got it right. I was, I, that's that what I was thinking, but I wasn't sure if that was the... Uh, he also proved Newton's identities for Ma's little theorem for Ma's theorem on the sum of two squares and made distinct contributions to Lagrange's four-square theorem. How did he prove... Fermat's little theorem. Fermat's little theorem is not Fermat's last. I know, theorem. I know, I know. Fermat's little theorem is the I, one that a to the to the n minus one or a to the p minus one equals e or the identity equals one one he, or the identity. He didn't prove Fermat's little theorem, but he generalized it to no, where it, it it's was, not a prime number anymore. Oh, so that's where yeah, the yeah, yeah. From, to the phi yeah. of n minus one. Yes. Yeah, that's really what it is. Anything raised? No, anything raised to the phi of n is equal to one or the identity. Yes. Well, so he uh, did do a proof of it, 
yes. just of a more general form yes. of it. He okay. definitely strengthened Fermat's theorem. Fermat. 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 Don't don't it's question. French. You gotta drop I do not. I do not screw <laughs> up the pronunciation of your last name. I work day okay, and night sweating I'll give over you that. it. Okay. Okay. So so you pull out the number theory. You know, I'm actually surprised no one was going to step on the one, or did you all just assume? No, he's vertices and edges. No, he's he's, he's he did uh, electronics. You know, he did a lot of work in um you know electronics, um, building electronic components. You know the Eulerian circuits, right? Uh, okay, so someone was going to step on it before I got to <laughs> it, no. which, of course, the one I would want to talk about being doing graph theory is the Seven Bridges of Coinesburg. He did that. Oh, I didn't know he did that one. Oh, shit. I did not know. I did. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's where Eulerian circuits come from, was oh, his way was of proving Hamil- the Seven Bridges. So it's Eulerian circuits? I would prefer oily circuits. Much, <laughs> oily, much yes. oily. Oily circuits? <laughs> I think that this was before the discovery of oil or the discovery yeah. of the use of oil. I so doubt it. I imagine they were probably using oil to, you know, burn torches and things oh, like that yeah, at this yeah. point. Yeah. But, not, but not the, the oil that we, you know, they were using. They, no, they were not using petroleum. Right. I doubt yeah. that they would have had a way of producing petroleum <laughs> from crude. <laughs> right. That's what I was saying. But they did have oil candles for, the, you know, from like whale. Blubber. Uh, as, yeah, <laughs> and the Seven Bridges of Coinsburg like specifically versions, right? specifically that the Seven Bridges of Coinsburg do not have a path where you uh, cross all of the bridges exactly once. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's literally the first proof in graph theory. Right, right. I'm, yeah. It gave birth to a whole new field. And also he did the work, as you said, the vertices and edges for uh, convex polyhedron as well. Right. Uh, the number of vertex minus the number of edges plus the number of faces equals two. Exactly. Oh yeah, is that called the Euler number or there's I something think like that? that no, Euler's, Euler's number is e. That one's called Euler's no. formula, I think. Yeah, there's something in algebra. Uh, Euler, no, no, uh, Euler's characteristic. Oh, okay. Is what that one's called. The Euler literally yeah, did maybe, too much. Maybe it was characteristic. I yeah, think you, you can throw in any them. any kind of you know theorem, property, equation, formula. Put Euler between it, and I guarantee that something exists. <laughs> uh, unless um, it was Gauss. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, he took a lot of Gauss's. Well, no, I, no, I Gauss's yeah. after. Yeah, that's Euler. Right. There was crossover. We already decided that. Well, did they no, know each other. Yeah. Did they ever uh, shake hands and say, what's up? Yes, they did. <laughs> I, saw, did. I saw that. It was on a Budweiser commercial <laughs> once. You know, we, could, we could actually do that. Have like a Budweiser commercial with famous mathematicians. Dead ones, of course. But, or they don't have to be dead. Can we get know, sponsorship just, yeah. for this? Uh, quite possibly. <laughs> Maybe even some grant money. Yeah. <laughs> uh, as far as I can tell, it does not look like they actually did any work together. It does not look like they actually collaborated. It's most, mostly that Gauss built off of uh, a bunch of the stuff that Euler did, specifically the work that Euler did in number theory. Okay, so uh, let's, let's go back. Let's actually talk a little bit more about, about the life of uh, the master of us all. Uh, <laughs> Juan? No, he's one with us. He keeps forgetting. <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought, I mean... So, I mean, it's actually, some of this can go back to the the last episode that we had, uh, because the main reason that that Euler left uh, Russia uh, the first time he was in Russia, the main reason he left was actually, he was at the Academy of St. Petersburg, which was established by Peter the Great in very much the same way the Ecole Polytechnique was established by Napoleon. Once again, Peter the Great was a despot, and it turned out that uh, he was doing something that we talked about on last episode, which is trying to make it, uh, try it invest a huge amount of money and try to get a bunch of foreign people to come in to increase the mathematical uh, acumen as well as the scientific acumen of the entire country. But uh, Euler felt very – well, he was censored quite often, and he felt very used uh, uh, – Used it by the academy, used by Peter the Great. So the academy was a trap. <laughs> <laughs> and so I am literally the only one not muted right now. And so, uh, and and so he uh, he ended up leaving uh, uh, to take a post in at the Berlin Academy. Uh, 
which was offered by Frederick the Great of Prussia at this point. Uh, except uh, Euler was uh, kind of a simple dude. Like he, he enjoyed doing math, but Frederick the Great uh, surrounded himself with a bunch of you know very uh, highfalutin philosopher types. Mm. Euler just wanted to do his math, and so he ended up getting ostracized from the court of Frederick because uh, he, because Voltaire was there of one. Oh. Uh, and what a prick! I don't think too many people <laughs> would argue with that. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I I think Voltaire was quite brilliant, and he was a fantastic writer. But and I, I would have loved I, can, I would have loved talking to him. Voltaire wrote but Candide. Yeah, yeah, okay. I can see him having interpersonal. Troubles. I uh, really like yeah. Candide. Yeah, with well, yeah, it was, it was everyone. Good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's. I don't. I don't mean to denigrate his work, but uh, he. I mean, I imagine that Voltaire was quite full of himself. Mm. I mean, it yeah. just, just in general, given the way that he would debate people and things like that, and uh, Euler, does, he, does he have a first name? Voltaire. Yes, I think Probably anyone Yo who Han. only has a, a last name is. Automatically qualifies himself as a dickhead. <laughs> uh, Francois Marie. Well, that's why. That's, uh, why. that's, too, that's uh, why. It's too now we understand. It's too okay. French. I okay. Mean, <laughs> Frenchman know Voltaire's first name. Okay. No, 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 no. You got to let me finish here. It's Francois Marie, Aro, uh, what? Eroet, who was better known for his pen name, Voltaire. Oh. oh. I can totally see why. Madonna. He... Oh, <laughs> yes. Thank you. Okay, yes. So, uh, <laughs> Euler, as it mentions in the Wikipedia article, had lim- limited training in rhetoric and tended to debate matters he had very little knowledge of. So, honestly, in that case, he kind of sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Giant douchebag. Gotcha. <laughs> douchebag. Don't do it. Wait, what show was that? Was that the superhero movie with the douchebag of the year award? That was Southport. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, just what did you just say, Juan? We couldn't hear you over your gigantic mute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was South Park that the douche douchebag of greatest douchebag of the universe. Oh, and just did he give it to Nathan? Superhero too. (laughs) There, there wasn't Nathan or anyone in this room. Surprisingly, there's a YouTube video called. Oh, that's right. Brandon isn't here. (laughs) There's a YouTube video called Douche Off, where there's also two guys have a douche off and see who can. (laughs) Oh yeah, I totally saw that. That was hilarious. (laughs) Uh, Actually, uh, there's an indie movie coming out pretty soon that's called Douchebag. Apparently, it's really good and kind of heartwarming. I have no idea what it's about. There was a president douchebag in the Futurama universe. I forget what year he was elected, but... Um, Probably. It has to be sometime soon. Yeah. <laughs> we are in the golden age of douchebaggery. <laughs> That's true. Now is the time. All you douchebags out there. Step it up. Start stepping up. Start. <laughs> this, this election start campaigning. is about you. Okay, so Euler, Euler was born in 1707. Uh, in 1735, he... Uh, had a near fatal fever, which uh, after which he became nearly blind in his right eye. Uh, he blamed it on his cartography work that he was forced to do uh, while he was in Russia, which quite clearly, from what we now know of science and medicine, uh, and well, not medicine and you know what it, medical science. God damn that 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 just kind of lost its thing there. Anyway, uh, Euler yeah, was full yeah, of fever. shit. Uh, yeah, his fever was probably what caused it. And then uh, later, uh, and so apparently while he was in Germany, he was referred to as Cyclops. <gasps> That's terrible. <laughs> I guess it's better than less guy. Is, is, is Cyclops in German Cyclops? I imagine that that's probably a translation from whatever the German is, but it could be Cyclops because Cyclops is a Greek word. Yeah. So it could have still been Cyclops in die, German. Die Cyclops. And this is post. <laughs> this is post Renaissance. This is Enlightenment time. So they definitely know definitely, a lot of Greek. Yeah. Uh, and so then uh, he had a cataract uh, in 1766 in his right eye, which uh, then essentially made him totally blind. So mm-hmm. he was totally blind in 1766. It was in 1775 that he averaged about a paper a week. Mm. With so, the help of scribes. Well, I, I imagine. Uh, but he also had a photographic memory mm. and uh, copious mental calculations. What good is a photographic memory Clearly. if he's blind? 
<laughs> well, no, because you can, <laughs> because you can pull he up, takes an exact pull up picture shapes, of his own head. pull up shapes <laughs> yeah. and things like that from memory. His mind's eye wasn't blind. Yeah, right and level. and with a, if you can remember everything you saw up until the point you became blind, you have a rather large amount of material that you can pull up. You can write on his mind's eyes wall, you know, or mind's wall. <laughs> no, I think I think you're He's actually referring the, to his the, mind's book. The mind's it's, it's, chalkboard. It's, it has a lot to do with Facebook, except it's inside your head. Hence, writing on the wall. <laughs> okay, one person that found was, that funny. No. One person. Also, far. the only person who, other than me, regularly uses Facebook. <laughs> What the hell is Facebook? Find us, friend us. We like you. Most of you. Well, I, I don't really like many people in this room. I was, yeah. I was referring to the listeners. I actually oh, love yes. all of them. I actually he likes um, everybody except those he actually knows. For for like four <laughs> or five months, I've had a pending friend request from from Juan, keeping him in limbo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you haven't logged in for a year. Yeah, that's true. So so it's because you I haven't say, logged in. You sent him in a friend request before you sent me a friend request. I don't think that's true. I think it was both of you at the same time. No, because I I'm, sent you the friend. I'm just trying to avoid request. any any drama that would take place here. <laughs> so he went back I, <laughs> he, uh, in 1766, so around the time that he went blind, uh, he accepted an uh, invitation from Catherine the Great, who had taken over for Peter the Great in Russia. And so he went back to Russia. Uh, apparently, the beginning of his time there... Uh, kind of marred by tragedy as is literally written on my screen that I'm reading. Uh, so in 1771, a fire cost him his home, almost his life. In 1773, he lost his wife of 40 years. And then uh, three years after that, he married uh, her half sister. Hot. Mm. <laughs> what, no, her half sister, not his. Still. But come on. It's he's only like, half. He's like 50 or 60 at this point. She was probably a widow, a widower herself or a widow. Yeah, He's I'm a just widower. thinking about marrying my sisters-in-law, and it's not appealing. It's a, it's they a, don't it's listen easy, to this podcast, do they? It's, it's an easy transition. I mean, yeah, I mean, yes. you know the family already. That's true. There's, I mean, there's a good chance because uh, I mean, he's working for all these people, so he's probably not ba- uh, you know bad off. So there is a decent chance that she may have been living with them the entire time as a caretaker, anyway. Yeah, yeah I'm just thinking when you get too close Hot. to people, it gets kind of odd marrying. I People think that that's the most family. natural marriage to, to go to. Next. It would be odd if you married anybody else. Then their family would be like, but you've we've you've been family for 40 okay, years. Uh, I do want to point out Euler does get uglier. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that is an ugly. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Then thank but you I don't think that, that I still wouldn't call him a dwarf. Dwarves ha- have to have the big beard. Oh, but well, he definitely has a great chin as, as the no, it's pictures still a progress. very weak chin. Like well, it's, it's a weak chin. It's, it's not a bad. Like a, it's a bad chin. He has a bad chin. It's like a wino. <laughs> no, that's that's just that's kind of the fashion. So, that weird head wrap thing. I don't understand it. So just <laughs> then, we're here to talk about the math uh, that Euler did, right? Have we talked about any of that? Well, he he increased his productivity after he had went blind. Is that right? He, I don't know if he increased his productivity. Well, he, he was writing a paper a week. Yeah, but I mean, that may have just been his, I mean, that year was really productive, but who knows about the years before and after that. So I mean, okay. he was an incredibly prolific mathematician throughout his entire life. Okay. I mean, he, he could have also just had a lot of theorems he hadn't published yet there and is just one started, thing. actually. There's one thing, and it's huge. It's probably like, it's one of the major foundations of modern physics, and it's the... Uh, the Euler-Lagrange equations <laughs> from uh, the calculus of variations. Okay, yeah, I was going to bring. Oh, he yeah, actually was he was the one who essentially invented calculus of variations. Yeah. Before him, there wasn't calculus because it's calculus of functionals. He's the one who introduced the notation for functions. I see. Okay. Uh, so uh, let's see. Uh, let's just go through the things that he literally introduced. So we've already talked about uh, f of x. He introduced uh, e as well as helped popularize pi. Let's see. He also um, introduced the modern notation for trig functions, uh, the Greek letter sigma for summations, and the letter i to denote the imaginary unit. It's pretty much everything. <laughs> everything that Basis we use. Uh, when, when Laplace said, read Euler, read Euler, he's master of us all, I... I I think he actually may have had a point because literally everything we do is yeah. reading or writing Euler's but notations. Euler did not popularize the capital pi to be product. 
I don't think that they had done much work with products yet. I think mm-hmm. that that probably came later on. I mean, he had to do something because one of his major areas of work was Power Series. Right. Like, I mean, and he was yeah, he was the one who did series. without some sort of notation without for some summation. Sort of, yeah. But I mean, he he was the first person really to get important results. I mean, he was the one who came up with the Power Series uh, for the exponential. Kind of hard for anyone to do that before him since they that was his. Exist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but also. Uh, there was uh, the other one because uh, when there was the the it was in 1988 when people voted on the most beautiful equations. Uh, Euler was actually responsible for three of the top five. Mm. So he had he had Euler's uh, relation uh, or otherwise known as Euler's equation, which is the e to the i pi equals negative one. Uh, but uh, he also had the pi squared over six summation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. One over n squared. Yeah, the summation of one over n squared from zero to one to infinity. From one to infinity. You yeah, can't it is have one zero. to yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you can't. Yeah. Never mind. Uh, and uh, ranking second was the v plus f uh, equals e plus two. Is, right, right, yeah. right, right, right. V right. minus e plus, plus f equals two. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, he uh, the most beautiful formulas as voted on by mathematicians back in the late '80s. Three of them were Euler. I'm not surprised. Yeah, uh, let's see what else. Uh, he yeah, the summation of one over n squared. Uh, who who had the I other one? Do you have, can you pull up the list? Algebraic topology. We use that third one a lot. Uh, sure. Uh, let's see the the other ones. Uh, Euclid's theorem. The number of primes is infinite. I got one of them. Oh, oh. And the existence of five regular polyhedra was the other. Oh, okay. Okay. So it might be most beautiful results, not necessarily uh, equations. Yeah. That just makes Euler more of a gangster. Yeah. It, the <laughs> the thing that the thing that uh, William Dunham, uh, who actually wrote a book, Euler, the Master of Us All. Uh, pointed out about uh, Euler's relation that e to the i pi plus one equals zero. That's so. Um, that's truly amazing about it is uh, a quote uh, in the book. As math professors are fond of observing, this equation assembles the five most important constants in mathematics. It has the additive identity zero, the multiplicative identity one, the circular constant pi, the base of natural logarithms e, and the imaginary unit i. Yes. All That's, in a single equation. That is decently All, badass. Only, uh, those are the only um, characters in that equation, and with only one operation, the most simple uh, and natural operation, which is addition. Exponentiation. There's oh, exponentiation. And multiplication. Oh, so I guess you have all hell, the cool Juan. ones. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait, yeah. Operator. yeah. That's and right. That, that makes even relation. better. <laughs> that, that makes even better. Addition, multiplication, <laughs> and exponentiation with no inverses, no division or subtraction. And it's not just radicals. exponentiation; it's so. exponentiation with an imaginary number. Yes. Yeah, so, so I, I think that's uh, yeah. You, you were wrong. <laughs> I was wrong, but it by are, being you, wrong, okay, it okay. furthered my argument. Okay, let, let's just point out this: you were wrong this one time. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, that felt good. Apparently, he also <laughs> did work in geometry. There's something called Euler's line, Euler's circle. Yeah. I know those. Okay, what are they? Euler's line is the line made by connecting the centroid, the orthocenter, and the circumcircle, circumcenter of a triangle. Oh, God, that is hideous. Um, <laughs> and he also proved that there's a ratio of two to one between... Oh. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, there's a ratio of two to one from the... Come on. That's what came out. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's 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 kind of cool, I guess. <laughs> well, what's Euler's circle? Um, that one I don't know. It's also known as the nine-point circle. Oh, I do know the nine-point circle. Yeah, that one's more complicated. It would take me a while to explain. Uh, it's um, also known as uh, Farabach's circle, Turkham circle, six-point circle, twelve-point circle, in-point circle, Medio-scribe circle, mid-circle, circum-mid-circle, and <laughs> Euler's circle. Why is, is it known as the six, nine, and twelve point circle? I have no idea. There, <laughs> there are three of the points on it are like, well, duh, they're on it because you define them to be on the circle, and you find six new points. I don't know what the twelve points are. You can invent some more points on the circle, <laughs> I guess. 
Okay, so also in number theory, he uh, proved the sum of the reciprocals of the primes diverge. Oh, that is that is huge. That is huge because it's a. I do graph theory. Someone explain this to me. Um, well, you know how one over n diverges. Yes. Um, th- this is is skipping all the things that aren't prime. So it's showing oh, that there's okay. enough primes that. So there's a subsequence in there that there's diverges. A, there's a, yeah, that's the, tiny compared. Yeah, it's it's tiny compared because it. But thins it's the same out. size it compared thins as out, well. But it still diverges. So um, it's it's actually it's and that's kind of right on the line because. You already have, once you know that that diverges, you know that natural log, I mean, it gets the natural log, because you know how the primes, you, the prime formula. Yeah, the density. The density, the density of primes N over natural the natural log, log yeah. of N. Once you have that they diverge with their reciprocals, you know that it, I mean, it's already like the key piece to proving the density of primes, you know. Um, and uh, he also did the uh, Euler product formula for the Riemann zeta function. Which seems kind of weird because it couldn't have possibly been called that then. Yeah. Because yeah. Riemann is post-Gauss. Right. <laughs> Riemann's like late 1800s. Yeah. yeah. As I said, I mean, he, he was a student of Gauss. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that one. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, is there anything else anyone wants to talk about with Euler? How about some physics and astronomy? Uh, say from you. Because we have not heard Anthony's sultry tones nearly enough this episode. Oh, Let's make this a little the... bit creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're all cringing over here. No, actually, physics. How about the Euler-Bernoulli beam equation? Yeah, I haven't done that one. Is that a fourth-order PDE? It's a cornerstone of engineering. Oh, it's one of the few fourth-order... Uh, it's also known as the engineer's beam equation, classical beam theory, or just beam theory. So it's Euler-Bernoulli beam theory. Simplification of the theory, uh, linear theory of elasticity, which provides a means of calculating the load-carrying and deflection characteristics of beams. Wow. Euler had beams. <laughs> E-beams. <laughs> he certainly didn't have I-beams. <laughs> maybe early in life. but maybe, maybe that's a good thing. I mean, he was definitely... He accomplished so much because he wasn't wasting his time, you know, seeing like the rest uh, of us. Let's see. His, accompl- his accomplishments include determining with great accuracy the orbits of comets and other celestial bodies. He was blind. Uh, <laughs> understanding the nature of comets, calculating the parallax of the sun, and also made contributions to making accurate longitudinal tables. Oh, and he also made important contributions in optics, which I want to point out is the most ironic thing we have ever said <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> He disagreed with Newton. I'm liking him more and more. Uh, Newton's corpuscular theory of light in optics, which was the prevailing theory, his 1740s paper, so he wasn't completely blind at this point, on optics, helped ensure the wave theory of light proposed by uh, Huygens would become the dominant mode of thought. I was about to say, he totally killed Newton on that one. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Awesome. Yeah, that was where Newton was way the hell off in that, too. Until they discovered the photon. But anyway, you know, we'll overlook that part. <laughs> well, no, now it's quantum theory of light, which Newton also did not, you know, talk about. Uh, but mm. I, I'm like an Euler. I think, I mean, up until now, I mean, we've, we've had Leibniz and, and Gauss, and we've been very pro them on this podcast. And we've had, an, we've had an official, like, evil mathematician for this podcast for a long time, being Newton. But now that we have someone who destroyed Newton and did all kinds of cool stuff, should we declare... That Euler is the official mathematician of combinations and permutations. Who is right now? No one. We we've never really had. Him. I mean, we've had. I mean, we've Me. had Gauss. We've had Gauss, Archimedes, and uh, Leibniz, who we've we've you know. I like Archimedes better still. <sighs> I mean, he didn't get to live as long a life. Had he gotten his longer life, like, holy shit! If he wouldn't have mouthed <laughs> off like a dick to the Russian soldier. It, it was a Roman soldier. Roman. Russian. Russian, <laughs> Russian might have been and he not didn't a really nation mouth yet. Off. He just said, "He just said, don't mess with my circles." Yeah, <laughs> don't fuck with my circles. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm sure he said fuck. <laughs> if he would have said fuck, I would be okay with that. But I, I'm, I'm thinking Euler is is more RSP just because he destroyed Newton on something. I like Euler. Euler, how about how about you, Anthony? Hmm. 
I'm I'm leaning more toward Whitehead at this point, which we is completely talked about Whitehead exactly. Hell? So we got to we, we, I, I have to you hold off Whitehead? on my vote. Russell Whitehead, oh. right? Yeah, yeah, Albert North Whitehead. Yeah, but Whitehead didn't do shit, man. No, he, he just, really didn't. He just got he, his name yeah. on Russell's papers and and he, he helped case. he helped write a flawed form of formal logic. Well, it was only flawed because they didn't know that. It, what they were trying to do theorem. was impossible. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay, what about you, Chris? You okay with Euler? Earlier today, one of my coworkers said he wanted to get a tattoo of Euler's formula. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. saying, this, has this coworker been on the podcast? No, not yet. He's Ooh. an undergrad. Who? I don't know. Another undergrad? I don't he's know. A, he's a tutor. Which Which one? Which one wants to get a tattoo of Euler's formula? Because I am totally in favor of this person coming onto the podcast. Jeremy. I have no idea who that is. Never mind. I don't like this kid. I don't know who he is. (laughs) Is it that blonde guy? No, he's not. No, okay, blind. okay. This okay. has officially not become interesting to Thing anyone <laughs> who is not in the UNLV math department. So let's let's uh on here. Okay, so I'm declaring it now. Uh we have we do have a quorum and we also have a majority. Euler is the official mathematician of combinations wait, and permutations. Wait. So say we all. So say so we say all. So say three out of five. Oh, three, so say, yeah. So say three out of five. Nope, nope. <laughs> well, once, once, once it was voted on, and let's be honest here, I could have just declared it. I don't need a quorum or a majority. So say three out of five plus Sam. No, no, it's no, three no. out of five, including, including Sam. Sam. But let's remember, I am essentially both Roslyn and Adama and the people who wrote the books. So when I say were they, it, were they books? The, you know, the books of the gods. Oh, 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 those books. Yes. Okay. And so when I say, so say we all, you motherfuckers say, so say we all. <laughs> Euler is the official mathematician of combinations and permutations. So say we all. So, so say we all. all. So say we all. So say we all. So say we all. Anthony's still just, not doing it. Well, okay. I'm wondering, what do you need my approval for? <laughs> we could use an extra harmony. Oh, okay. Okay, that, okay get, so let's what, try this the one <laughs> more time. Barbershop, so say we all. <laughs> so. Everyone. So whoa! So <laughs> we all. So, Leonard Euler is the official mathematician of combinations and permutations and acmescience.com so say we all so say we all say we all (laughs) thanks for listening have a great week